Welcome, everybody, to the Believe in the Colorado Buffaloes podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Brian Howell, the CU Buffs beat writer for the Boulder Daily Camera and BuffZone.com. In the previous podcast earlier this week, I previewed the uh, upcoming season for the Buffaloes, going through player and game-by-game projections. So uh, check that out if you haven't already. But in this episode, I'm going to preview Friday's season opener against Texas Christian. Uh, TCU Horn Frogs coming in here uh, Friday night for what should be a fun game on ESPN. Um, also have a great interview in this podcast with Taylor McGregor of ESPN. Uh, she was kind enough to join me earlier this week from Toronto where she was covering uh, the Chicago Cubs. Uh, so I appreciate her for doing that, but I'll have that here in a little bit. Um, I've got to tell you, uh, I'm really excited for a game because Frankly, I'm kind of done talking about this team and not seeing them, and uh, not just this team. I'm, that, that would be the case if I'm covering any team because for nine months we've been talking about this team without any games to watch, and uh, that's the nature of college football, of course. But uh, in that time, so much has changed at CU and TCU. We've been talking about it for months, and uh, I'm excited to get going. So, uh, you know, the Buffs have a lot of new faces on the coaching staff and on the roster, as we know. TCU has a new head coach in Sonny Dykes, who is no stranger to CU. He's faced the bus five times in his career, uh, three as a Texas Tech assistant, and uh, two as the head coach at Cal uh, several years ago. Um, he is 0-3 at Folsom Field, by the way, so um, he's looking for that first win at Folsom Field. Uh, we'll see if he gets out on Friday night. Uh, but before we get more into the game, uh, this podcast is sponsored by Bet Online. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use our your mobile device uh, to join today and make your first sports bet. Use the promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So as of Thursday afternoon, Bet Online has TCU favored by 13.5 points in this game. It was 10.5 last week, so uh, the line has moved a bit in recent days. Uh, it tells you that the early bets are... You know, on the TCU side and maybe trying to even that out a little bit. But um, either way, I think the spread is too high. Um, I'll get more into that uh, later in the podcast. But uh, um, I do think that's a, a really high point spread, and we'll see how that plays out. But um, first, I want to get to my interview with Taylor McGregor of ESPN, uh, which is broadcasting Friday's game from Folsom Field at 8 p.m. Mountain Time. Taylor will be uh, the silent reporter on Friday night with Brian Custer on play-by-play and Dustin Fox providing the color commentary. Uh, the reason I wanted to connect with Taylor is that uh, she's a Coloradoan and uh, has a great connection to our state and also a bit of history at Folsom Field. Uh, you'll see her work in college football games uh, every weekend this fall, but she's also been a reporter uh, with the Chicago Cubs the past couple of years. Uh, prior to that, uh, she was the sideline reporter for the Colorado Rockies, so uh, a lot of fans uh, in Colorado might have uh, you know, seen her already um, as she did that work with Colorado Rockies a few years ago. So with her history in Colorado and getting the opportunity to work this game, I caught up with Taylor earlier this week. Uh, Taylor, this is the first time you've ever uh, done a game at Folsom Field, but you have a long history 
in the state of Colorado and, uh, and a, a history at Folsom field. You've been inside the stadium quite a bit. Um, yeah. So tell your story a little bit. I mean, you're as for people that don't know, I mean, your father is Kelly McGregor, who was, a uh, you know, one of the great, uh, CSU Rams, uh, played football, uh, played with the Broncos a little bit, and then was, uh, in the Rockies front office for many years, uh, until his passing in 2010, um, uh, team president for, for a number of years. So you grew up, you know, around sports in Colorado. So, you know, golden high school grad, all that stuff, right? Yeah. So I really fell in love with college football on this weekend, all those years ago, you know, watching Colorado state and, and see you play every single year, the first game of the season. And so this is a little bit of nostalgia for me. It would be super nostalgic if, uh, if CSU was the opponent for CU this week. Um, but yeah, a long time, um, proud Coloradan and got to cover the Rockies as well. And it was always my dream to do both Colorado schools. I got to do some CSU games my first year with ESPN. And then now to be able to do a CU game, just, I think it's about 30 minutes down the road from where I grew up. It's really a dream come true. And I just am so excited to, to get to Folsom on Friday and and see the student section roaring and it'll be a, it'll be a good way to kick off college football. Yeah. And, and I want to get into your, your Folsom history in a minute, but, uh, for, to let people know what you're up to now, I mean, you're, uh, you do the Cubs, uh, you, you're, you're on the sidelines with the Cubs. You did the Rockies for a number of years as well. Um, talk about that and, um, how much you enjoy in, uh, you know, working the Cubs games and you're going to take a break from that this weekend to come out to Boulder. But, um, as we're doing this, you're in Toronto with the Cubs. So, um, how much fun has it been doing baseball all these years? The schedule is crazy. I mean, there's really no break. It's an everyday sport. So during the season and during the summer in particular, you're really locked in, which is a lot of fun. And I always get the question, what is more fun to cover football or baseball? And I always just say they're so different. You know, baseball, like I mentioned, it's an everyday sport. So there's something romantic about following one team and being super ingrained with one team and building relationships with everybody in the organization and knowing them you know, in and out, uh, knowing their wives and families and history and, and every single detail and uh, really just being ingrained with the fan base for the summer. And, you know, again, every single night they're turning on the broadcast. And, and so you're a part of somebody's summertime and you're a part of family memories growing up. And then football is obviously so different because it's once a week, but there's just such pageantry around college football and there's, it's such an event. And so every single week you put in all this time and energy to prepare for one singular event. And, and there's nothing like when the the fans roar and the teams run out onto the field on a Saturday afternoon, this week, Friday night, but uh, there, it's just so special. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed covering both. I really loved my time with the Rockies. It was so much fun. It was uh, when I was very green reporter. So I sort of learned the job um, in Colorado and I'll, I will always be thankful to the people there who really allowed me to kind of grow under their watchful eye. And then Chicago has been a lot of fun. It's, it's cool to play a lot of day games on the weekends and um, to be a part of the historic Wrigley field every single day going to work and just the, the fan base all across the country because of the several years they were on WGN everywhere you go feels like a home game. And there's something really special about that. So I've, I've really loved covering the Cubs. I've loved my time in major league baseball and um, I've equally loved my time covering college football. So this time of year for me is a dream come true, getting to sort of balance both. 
Yeah. And, you know, we'll get into this a little bit, but I mean, now you transition, you get to do college football on the weekends. Uh, you know, the Cubs will be done here uh, in a month or so. Uh, uh, baseball ends at the end of September, but your time at the Rockies, I imagine that that organization means a lot to you uh, because of your dad's history. You grew up basically in the Rockies organization, right? And then you worked there. Um, and now uh, the new McGregor Square, McGregor Square is named after your father. What did that mean to you to have uh, that area named after your father? It was surreal because, again, growing up around the organization, I remember when it was the West Lot. I mean, we all remember it wasn't that long ago, but, you know, you used to park there before games and uh, walk over. And years ago, when my dad was still alive, he passed away in 2010. So you think over 12 years ago, he had plans of what to do with that West Lot. And then to see the Rockies build something there and then ultimately name it after my dad, it was um just full circle surreal. And, and obviously for my family and I, it was just a good reminder of his legacy and, and the way people viewed him. And, um, I'm just so grateful for that example and reminder that, Hey, it's not necessarily about what you do, but it's the way that you treat people that is going to carry on your legacy for years and years to come. So I'm just so proud of the man that he was and, and what an honor that the Rockies, did that for him um, and for our family. And I can't wait for one day to have kids and grandkids and be able to take them there and, and show them and tell them about their, their grandfather. So I, I imagine that you've been there um, and have been back uh, there with the Cubs a little bit, but are, are you planning on going there and uh, checking it out this weekend or is there no time for that? I don't know if there's going to be enough time. I wish, um, but it's sort of in and out for me. I'll get in on Thursday and then I have a 5 a.m. flight out Saturday morning. So, so not a whole lot of time, um, um, but in the off season, I'll be back and definitely go down to Tom's watch bar and, and maybe watch some Bronco games down there. Wait, 5 a.m. on Saturday. So that's about nine hours after kickoff. <laughs> yeah. That is a Could really quick turnaround. One. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into some college football. Um, you know, you did grow up in Colorado, but, uh, you were an Arkansas Razorback, uh, in college. Uh, and so you got to experience some sec football as a student. Uh, what was that like for you? Um, I mean, that's different from a lot of places, right? Absolutely. I told you, I fell in love with college football, getting to watch the CU and CSU rivalry to kick off the college football season every year. And then going down to the South, it solidified that love and passion for the game and what it means to so many different people all across our country. And it certainly means different things to different people in different regions. Um, and, and in the South, they don't have professional sports. So in Arkansas, there are no Rockies, Broncos, Rapids, Nuggets, Avalanche. The Razorbacks are the show. So that was really cool to just see one state buy into a single university and they treat it as their professional sport. So it means everything to those people. And it was so much fun getting to experience that as a student every single Saturday. And um, again, I, I knew this is what I wanted to do in high school, but going down there and being on the sidelines for some of those SEC games, I remember doing um, an Arkansas, Alabama game as a student in Fayetteville, being down there on the sideline, and it was a sold-out crowd. And Arkansas, my freshman year, was ranked as high as number three in the country, so they were really good. And obviously, Alabama has been a perennial number one for for several years. And I just remember having goosebumps and thinking, "Pinch me!" You know, this doesn't get any better than this. And so, 
I knew it's what I wanted to do. And, and those time, those four years in Fayetteville certainly just solidified that in my mind. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And, and, you know, Folsom, I think on Friday night is, uh, you know, night games at Folsom are, are something else. And um, so you're going to get to be uh, on the sidelines for the first time ever at a CU game, but you've been in Folsom quite a bit. Um, so, so talk about that. You've been there as a fan, but you're also uh, a longtime runner of the Boulder Boulder. So yeah. uh, talk about some of your memories of Folsom Field. Well, my memory of Folsom Field in the Boulder Boulder is being like, thank God we made it because, you know, you have to go up that hill towards the end of the run and you're just like, oh, just get me there. <laughs> so by the time you actually get to the stadium, you're like, thank gosh, we made it. So um, a lot of good memories running that with friends and family over the years. And um, it's one of my favorite days of the year. Unfortunately, I haven't gotten to run it the last couple of years. But um, it, again, it was it was a favorite memory of mine growing up. And then my brother-in-law is a diehard CU football fan. His family has season tickets. So we've been to some games with him. And I've also shadowed some reporters on the sideline when I was sort of learning how to do this job. So I've been at Folsom for a game in, in, a multiple, in multiple capacities. And I just am so excited to be on the call for a game there. It's It feels like it's been a long time coming. And, and again, just... There's a lot of familiarity with faces within the program. Um, you know, I'm friends with some professors. I know kids who, I know students, um, you know, family friends who who go to CU. So it's going to be super special. Yeah. And, and so the game itself, I mean, it's special and all that, but you got to work a game, right? So uh, let's talk about that real quick, because um, this is a big one for the Buffs uh, and big one for TCU as well. Um, you know, we focus on the Buffs, obviously. So, uh, but, you know, TCU with a first year head coach, uh, you know, they, they want to get off to a good start. Um, Carl Durrell uh, absolutely has to get off to a good start here. Um, what are your thoughts on this game as you're coming into it? What do you feel like are the kind of the big storylines? It's a great question and a great point of it feels like a must win for both programs. And of course, nobody wants to lose a game one. And I think a lot of people are probably talking about their games and have similar thoughts. But really, you know, Sonny Dykes and TCU, there's a lot of people who believe that TCU could be sort of a sleeper in the Big 12. And and if they want to continue on that trajectory, they have to win this game this weekend. And then, of course, for you, you mentioned Carl Durrell had a really good start in 2020, took a step back in 2021. And now people are saying, OK, really, what is this guy capable of and what is this program going to be under his watchful eye? And, and to get a W over TCU, I think, would really set the tone. And especially under this new created offense that they're going to showcase on Friday night. So I, I think just that, this sort of pressure that there is within both programs. But I also think there's a lot of excitement because of the change with both programs. I mean, obviously at TCU and Sonny Dykes bringing an offensive mind, air raid offense, they're going to come at you. They're going to throw the ball and they're really going to try to, you know, rack up the points. And then with CU, you know, this newfound offense that I don't think anybody really knows what exactly it's going to look like and then defensively trying to stop the passing game that TCU is going to exhibit I think there's a lot of interest in intrigues and then of course the quarterback is the position that everybody talks about and neither head coach have come out publicly and and said who their starting quarterback is going to be so that's going to be a lot of fun for me on on Friday night trying to get last minute information from both head coaches and and give that to the audience right before kick so I think 
like we mentioned, it seems like a must win, but there's also a lot of excitement surrounding these two programs. And I think it's going to be a really fun matchup. Yeah. Sometimes you have to report on who's going to be the starting quarterback at one place, but you got to do it in both, right? Because neither one of them has has told us who's going to be uh, the guy and TCU. It sounds like they could be any one of three. I think it's Mm -hmm. more of a two-man competition there, but um, any one of three could play. So you definitely got to prepare for five quarterbacks uh, potentially watch on Friday night. Yeah. um, Yeah. Sonny Dykes has remained strong that all three are going to play. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. So Folsom does not have large sidelines. Um, you know, they're, they're pretty tight uh, from the fans to the, to the sidelines uh, or to the teams. Where will you be throughout the game? Are you going to, are you able to like be on one side or you kind of kind of be on one end zone and go between? It's a great point you bring up because as I mentioned, I had shadowed another reporter and that was one of the challenging thing is I think there was a, a walkway sort of behind a brick wall behind the bench that he would walk up and down. So I just always try to finagle a place that allows me to have the best line of vision for whatever I'm trying to watch. Um, I'm going to watch a lot of the quarterbacks on both teams. Um, I think the O-line again on both teams is something I'm really going to pay attention to. I think the T or the CU secondary is going to be really interesting with a lot of these inexperienced guys, especially against an air raid offense where they're going to be put to work and, and they're really going to, be tested. So there's a lot of things that I kind of picture going into the game of what I want to watch. And then we'll sort of see how, um, how I can finagle a, a, a line of sight for that. I can't tell you exactly where I'm going to be. Cause I don't really even know. Um, but it's sort of just kind of paying attention. Then of course, the biggest thing always is injuries. And so finding an area to stand that you can see if there is a significant injury that I have to follow up on. So where does uh, Ralphie's new size rank among the storylines here you know, and, and her growth? <laughs> you know, that is not something that is on the top of the list, but it probably should be, especially for me, because I'll tell you what, Ralphie is the coolest live mascot there is. And, you know, I'm supposed to be unbiased, but I just think it's, it's amazing. And I love a good live mascot, period. Um, but seeing Ralphie run is, is the coolest, but I'm also going to say it sort of terrifies me being down there, especially, you know, balancing live TV. I'm like, Oh, my luck, like something crazy is going to happen. So it probably should be a lot higher on the list. Um, but I'm going to have to follow up on that. Yeah. Your priority is going to be getting out of the way of Ralphie. uh, Just like most people that are down on the field before the game. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, it should be fun. You know, I I appreciate you uh, joining us for this podcast and, uh, you know, I wish you a lot of luck and and safety in all your flights and hopefully you make all those 5 a.m. flights as you get to and from Boulder. Yeah, I hope so, too. Let's let's say a prayer because we know the airlines have been a little suspect as of late. So (laughs) that's right. On time travel. Well, I'm I'm hoping that for you and uh, Taylor, we'll see you here on Friday night. Okay, sounds great. I can't wait. All right, great stuff there from Taylor McGregor, who uh, in the middle of a road trip with the Cubs still had time to do some homework on the CU versus TCU game. So she's truly a pro. Um, I agree with Taylor in that it feels like uh, a must win of sorts for both teams. And certainly for CU, it feels that way. If the Buffs are to exceed low expectations this year, this is a big one. You know, earlier this week, I projected the Buffs going four and eight this season. Well, that includes a win in this game. Uh, if they don't win this one, I think it's going to be a long year. So um, I do think it's somewhat of a must-win uh, for the Buffs. Um, you know, and as she and I talked about, one of the main stories here will be the quarterbacks. Uh, we don't know who's going to start at quarterback for TCU or CU, but uh, you know, at TCU, Max Duggan 
is a senior with 29 starts under his belt, nearly 6,000 career yards and a 2-1 to touchdown interception rate. He's also rushed for about 1,400 yards. He's had a pretty good career um, at TCU, but it hasn't been under Sonny Dykes. And um, So if Chandler Morris, who's a redshirt freshman, is able to beat him out, I think that says a lot about the talent they have at that position. Um, Dykes has also said that freshman Sam Jackson can play in this game. So um, he has said multiple times there could be three quarterbacks playing in this game. So you know, we'll see you know, if they actually do that uh, or if they stick with one guy or, or what they do. Um, we're curious to see what the Buffs do as well because uh, they're still deciding, as far as we know, between uh, Brendan Lewis and JT Shrout. Brendan, as we know, uh, started all 12 games last year. Shrout missed the entire season with a knee injury, um, and that battle has been neck and neck. And, you know, D- Carl Durrell, the head coach, is not tipping his hat, uh, tipping his hand on who will start this week. But uh, my gut says it's Brendan that gets the first snaps um, as the incumbent starter. Um, just as I listen to him, and, and he, he mentions that nothing's been done to unseat Brendan at this point, but clearly enough has been done to keep the competition open. I would guess that Brendan takes the first snaps and at least has the first drive. But I do think that JT Shrout is going to play quite a bit as well. So you know, we'll see. Um, a few other players to watch, uh, starting with TCU. Um, you know, Three guys to kind of keep an eye on, you know, in my mind, uh, for this game. First one is the cornerback, Travius Hodges Tomlinson. He's uh, the nephew of the great Ladanian Tomlinson. Uh, but you know, he's pretty good in his own right. I mean, he's received first-team all Big 12 honors the past two seasons. He's been on some All-American teams and you know, truly an elite corner. Um, he had a team-high seven pass breakups last year, um, despite not being thrown out a whole lot. So um, he's one of the better corners, and so CU receivers have got a challenge there. Um, on the other side, uh, receiver Quentin Johnston, as a junior, he's one of the best receivers in the Pac-12, if not the country. Um, two years ago, as a true freshman, he set the Big 12 true freshman record with 22.1 yards per catch. Last year, he averaged 19.2 yards per catch as a sophomore. Uh, so he's a big play guy, and he's going to be a, a big-time challenge for uh, the Buffs secondary uh, on Friday night. And then running back Kendra Miller, uh, TCU's leading rusher from last year was Zach Evans, who transferred to Ole Miss. But uh, you know, Miller was only 25 yards behind him and actually led the Horned Frogs in yards per carry with 7.5 and uh, rushing touchdowns with 7. So now that Kendra is leading things, uh, you know they're still in good shape. I mean, they're going to be able to run the ball. So those three guys right there, I think, are key for TCU. Uh, for the Buffs, aside from the quarterbacks, and it's always going to be about the quarterbacks, but um, a few guys I think will be key. Now, I, I don't have offensive linemen listed here, but the offensive line I think is a huge key in this one. That group's got to play well for the Buffs to win this football game. But three individual players. Number one, the receiver Daniel Arias is a senior. Fifth-year senior, he's still waiting for that breakout year. Uh, by all accounts, he's had a great offseason, and uh, you know this is his first chance to show it. You know, um, I think that he's got all the ability in the world to be a top threat. Can he show that this season? Uh, well, it starts on Friday night, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does on Friday. Another one, linebacker Josh chandler Samito, the transfer from West Virginia, another senior. He's going to make his CU debut. Um, he should make a pretty big impact on this team. I, mean, I projected him earlier this week uh, as my uh, CU Defensive Player of the Year. I think he's going to be that good and that impactful for CU. He should be on a lot of plays, in on a lot of plays uh, on Friday night and throughout the year. Uh, he's also 4-0 in his career against TCU. I think he missed one of those games with injury, but um, while he was at West Virginia, 
the Mountaineers uh, you know, play TCU every year because they're in, they're both in the Big 12. And uh, you know, Josh has never lost to them. So we'll see if that continues. Another sidelight, by the way, Robert Barnes, uh, CU's, another one of CU's linebackers, was 4-0 against TCU uh, during his time in Oklahoma. So between the two, they're 8-0 against TCU. So we'll see if that continues for those guys. A third one for CU, the cornerback Nico Reed, the sophomore. He flashed his talent last year. Now he's getting a starting role and uh, faces a significant challenge against uh, Quentin Johnson and all those talented receivers for TCU. I think that he and Kalen Moore, they have got to play well on Friday night if CU is going to you know, keep that TCU passing attack and that air raid attack uh, in check. So those two guys, uh, and Nico in particular, because uh, I think he's you know the top corner in my opinion, uh, those two guys are going to be huge in this game. So, all right, game prediction time. On paper, you know, really everything kind of screams TCU is the winner. Um, if you're a TCU fan, I totally understand any measure of optimism going into this game. The Horn Frogs should feel good about going against a team that's viewed against uh, as the worst in the Pac-12. And you know, TCU not coming off a great season themselves. They were five and seven a year ago. It's only one game better than CU. But you know, I think there's a lot for TCU fans to be excited about. Now that said. I think the Buffs are going to surprise people on Friday night. Uh, night games at Folsom are always awesome. Like the Buffs come out fired up. If you haven't seen it, you know the, the uniforms are going to wear the, the helmets. Actually, they're going to wear on Friday night. Throwbacks to the 1970s uh, when Cliff Branch, who uh, is the Buffs' first ever Pro Football Hall of Famer um, last month, uh, Cliff Branch wore those helmets uh, with the stripe down the middle of the helmet. They're pretty sharp looking, so check those out. But um, you know, Friday nights, uh, you know, th- this team always. I know it's different players, but every year, it doesn't matter who the players are, it seems like they get fired up for night games at Folsom Field. The student section is going to be sold out. The game won't be sold out. As of Thursday afternoon, about 42,000 tickets have been sold. So a little bit lower of a number, but I think it's going to be a great crowd. Uh, and I think I think CU feeds off of that. And I think they, uh, they get some energy from that. I think they throw some wrinkles at TCU, catch them off guard a little bit. I think we're going to see a better product on the field from the Buffs. Um, I think long, sustained drives are going to be crucial for the Buffs in this one. Uh, but I think the offense looks better overall. I think the defense uh, you know, does enough to win this game. I've got CU winning an entertaining but close game, 30-27, to and starting things off 1-0. and And with that, you know, I think it's time to stop talking about this game and let's just get to it. Uh, I'm ready for a Friday night to actually see the Buffs in action. You know, I'm excited for it. I know the fans are. And uh, that's a wrap on this episode. I'm Brian Howell, Buffs beat writer for the Boulder Daily Camera and BuffZone.com. Check out my coverage there as well. Thanks for tuning in to the Believe in the Colorado Buffaloes podcast presented by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network.